Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 1895 podcast is brought to you by Off The Ball, official media partner of Shelburne FC. The 1895, the official Shelburne podcast, exclusive to Patreon. Ball sinks in towards where Jamie Rogers is up. Rogers sweeps the left I'm angry. I'm angry, Tony. I have to be honest. Murray! Murray! Barclay Shelburne! Noel Murray! Has she won it for the Reds? What a goal! Here's a chance off! Shane Farrell! And Shells lead 2-0! I'm sorry, Tony, but I'm, I'm, I'm angry as well. I was angry before the game. I've been angry for a long time. She gets the winning goal here. Slattery! Oh. Into the back of the net! That is what champions do! That is what winners do! Pearl Slattery! Over the top by Sullivan. Hughes, goal! Shelburne lead! His cross, Stephen Kildoffy is the substitute and he scored! Shells lead! We are in to the 94th minute. And yeah. it's all over! <laughs> Shelburne FC are first division champions! So just reward, we deserve this, we deserve this big time. Here's your host, Stephen Doody. Hello, welcome to the 1895 podcast. It's the official podcast of Shelburne Football Club. And as always, we're brought to you in association with our proud media partners, Off The Ball. A busy weekend, the Reds action again. Monday night tree thrown in as well, which we enjoyed in the end. And here to talk us through it, a podcast debut for the Superior Cleary. Ben, Ben, what's the story? How are you? How are you, Doody? Thanks uh, for the warm welcome. I don't know if I'd go with Superior Cleary, but I do appreciate the compliment. Well, your brother's not overly popular, Ben, so it's a pretty low ceiling. Well, I suppose, yeah, all things considered. I'm definitely, I think, the nicer Cleary, so I'll, I'll give that to myself. Yeah, you know what? That's actually pretty solid. That's a very, very solid way to go about it. See, he's too cutthroat. That's the problem. You're a nice teacher, so you have those kind of nice um, mannerisms about you. You're good at pretending to be nice, Ben. Exactly, but does anyone ever really want to be called nice? Is that a real compliment? As the well, manager? look, now you see, you're listening, Ben. You're listening. We're all sitting under the learning tree. I got in trouble a few weeks ago. I obviously moved into a new house there before Christmas, and we replanted a load of grass out the front there, and uh, my missus was out watering the plants. Well, I did them first, and then she went back out and was watering them again. And I said to her, Vanessa, you need to slow down there. Too much water kills the flower. 
and she just looked at me like I had about 15 steaming turds hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> so, uh, the wisdom. Yeah, I, yeah, I think the, the Duffer wisdom is definitely rubbing off on everybody. Ben, because it is your podcast debut, I'll do to you what I did to John Brennan, and you're going to have to answer a few questions for me. Oh, Jesus. It's nothing strenuous for the listener. Uh, ben hasn't been given these questions beforehand. We didn't even give the manager the luxury of getting the questions beforehand. So you certainly didn't. Ben, are you ready? I, as ready as I'll ever be. How did you start going to Shells games? I was given the, the misfortune of following the Reds by my brother. He just likes to see you suffer, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he brought me down. He bought me my first jersey. We actually have a photo frame in the house of me holding it up. And I uh, haven't looked back ever since. When are we talking? What year are we talking for that? The first jersey was 04 I got my first jersey because my mom wouldn't let him buy me anything before that because she said I'd just grow out of it too quick and it's pointless. And jerseys, they're not cheap. No, they're not. They're certainly a lot cheaper then than they are now, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What is your earliest Reds memory? Uh, the first match my brother took me to was the last match he took me to for a long time because he left me on my own. I stood behind the goal for the warm-up and got hit in the face with a football. Good start, so. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> I don't think it could have gone any worse. He just tried to settle me down and stop me from crying. I think I got a few sweets and I did let it slip to my mom and that was the last of me and the Reds for a little bit. But she couldn't keep me away for too long. So she took you away? She took you out? Well, she just wouldn't let him look after me anymore. <laughs> well, look, I mean, the fact the man has a dog is probably surprising itself. Red or white shorts? White shorts. Johnny will not be happy. Riverside or main stand? Ooh, Riverside. Sit or stand? Stand. Your worst Shelburne memory? Oh... Getting relegated because I had to watch it at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, your best shells memory? Um, When we won the league in Drogheda. Yes. We won the first division. I just... Uh, tears of joy, you know, hugging friends. Like hugging Darren, Johnny, jumping on Reggie. Unbelievable scenes. That is the correct answer, by the way. Your favourite away day? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I enjoyed our most recent trip to Derry, me, you and Darren, for a, a very particular reason. Uh, the snack bar incident, of course. Yeah, well, I've never seen a man who, as a former sports broadcaster of the year, who has dealt with some pretty famous people, it's probably fair to say. I know he had his um, job in Web Summit as well. He's dealt with some pretty, pretty famous people. But he went full fanboy for the Shells team coach pulling into that garage that night. And oh, I'm, I'm glad you are here now to back that point up. Yeah, it's just, it just amazing. We went into a garage and for some reason they had a 24-hour deli. We all got back in the van, me, you and Darren ready to go. We see a bus pull in and Darren, oh, he just needs to go to the toilet. And I've never seen him be rattled as quick. He got so annoyed and then obviously... He misplaced the snack bar that he bought and went on a mad one. Oh, it was great. A great away day. Oh, you can't beat an away day in Derry. I've, I'm a big fan of Derry. Um, your favourite current player? Ooh, um, Maddie Smith, I'd have to say. 
just for all the goals he scores. Your least favourite away day? Finn Harps. Your takeaway of choice? Oh, I'd, I'd say kebab. The best part of a fry? <sighs> Sausages. Monaco or Lily Allen? Oh, Lily Allen. Pub or nightclub? Uh, nightclub. Yeah, we all know. Cheryl <laughs> or Wezzo? Wezzo, I'm a bit too young. Yeah, I, I'd be the same. There's recency bias with that. There definitely is. Because I actually, I don't really remember seeing Cheryl in the flesh. I would have been at games, but too young to actually be paying attention to what's going on. I was more interested in the chips or walking up and down the steps. So I'd be similar to you there. Dino or Willow? Again, I think just Dino I have more memories of. So for me, it would have to be Dino. Keely or Nutsy? Nutsy again, it's just the, the recency. Uh, favorite away shirt? Oh, um, the yellow and blue one, I think it was from 04. So you know like what? A... Loads of people say that, and I hated that jersey. I hated that kit. Don't know what I, it was. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just the color scheme. I very, very briefly in my youth was Nafina, so that's as you know, their colors. So I think I just like. That, that colours of the jersey. I just really, I'd love to add it to the collection. But yellow is a goalkeeper jersey. I know, but it's just, it was unique as well because we, we, like, we'd usually go with a more neutral, a yellow or a blue or something like that. So it was kind of different, I suppose. Sum up the reds in three words. Uh, unbelievable. Um, pessimistic. Uh, and friends nice you've ended that one well because it was pretty miserable at the start but you <laughs> ended that one pretty well right let's jump straight into the action Friday night um, <laughs> you I thought it was bad being at the game and having to commentate on it with Darren you were sick and had to stay at home and watch it on LOI TV what did you make of the game yeah, it was fairly, it's fairly grim view, and I won't lie. Like I was, I was devastated not to be there because obviously I really do not like to miss games, but it was just one of those where, like, we we were all out in the UCD ball, like, and we saw how that game went. I just the first few minutes, I was like, it's going to be a repeat of that, and I just wasn't ready to settle in for ninety minutes of that. But I think we managed it well at the end they're piling on the pressure and it looked like they could have definitely got something from the game. So I think in a way we were, we were we did well to see out the game, but it's a big three points. Uh, they're the kind of three points we need to be picking up throughout the year. Teams that are like underneath us, like as it's, it's no secret. Europe is in the mind of the players. It's been said in interviews. So now it's kind of getting there in the minds of fans. So I think, if we are really to be properly pushing on for that, these are the games that we need to pick up to three points. And I don't think it's an excuse anymore for not picking them up. No, and it's one of that mindset things. I think like the usual stuff, uh, Duffer managed to annoy an awful lot of uh, sad, lonely basement dwellers on Friday by saying in his pre-match interview that I also got roped into doing. 
because the former bro- sports broadcaster, the year, just didn't fancy it. Um, the manager said in that that it was one of the biggest games all year that we'll have. Loads of people jumped on it and were like, oh, you only played in a cup final. But I understand what he meant because they are the kind of, I always call them smelly games that, generally speaking, we would draw nil all there or we would lose from some bad decision or like that. They would have equalised right at the end. So I'm on board with that being such a big win. Bit of a, I wouldn't call that one a statement win, but what it does do is it brings you into Saturday. Obviously, we're away to Sligo and you're kind of looking at that game going, this could probably, probably a bit dramatic to say this will decide what way we kind of go for the season. But if you go down to Sligo and you're beaten, you're kind of going, right, okay, maybe we're just better than what's below us, but not quite good enough to tackle what's above us. But if you go down there, you play well, you get a result, you're kind of going, well, hang on, there's not a whole lot, you know, between, like, Robbers are the standout team in the league, don't, like, there's no question about that. Below that, I know Derry have a couple of bodies to come back in. They might start to pick up a bit of momentum. But in terms of, I know Bowles have had a really good start to the season, but they were very ordinary when we played them. You're talking us, Bowles, Dundalk, um, Sligo, Pats, probably, and Drogheda have obviously started to fall away a little bit. Not a whole lot between any of them teams. So like, these games now, going when you win a home to UCD, just gives you a bit of momentum going into a game like Sligo, but I thought Friday, looking back on it, we were just so flat, and UCD have that thing where, they just, they're like a black hole, they just suck the life out of the ground, they suck the life out of the supporters, now they played really well, in fairness on the pitch, I thought they were really good, but, it's just a pretty, miserable game to, try and get excited for, but nevertheless, we grinded out the win, after, the goal, I, I'm interested to get your opinion on the goal because you're obviously watching it online. How good do you think the goal, how good did you think the goal was at the time? The, the goal, pretty like, I, as you know, and as you said, I was, I was sick and I was, I was out of work for the week. I was in bed and this was really, the goal was the first thing that got me out of bed in pretty much a week. Look, you don't expect your centre-half to be in that position. It's not somewhere where you probably should be, but I'm glad he was there. It was a great finish. Like he just smashed it into the goal. It's unbelievable. I'm delighted with it. There's there a side where it's like there's a myth about UCD where people think they're a bad side. They're not. Like they don't play. They play good football. Yeah, they do kind of suck the life out of the game, but that's just suits their players. It suits their play style, and that's what they aim to do. So I think getting the goal was just the biggest thing in the game. And it was one of those where you didn't actually know where it was going to come from. But on, look, Griff has been has been excellent since he's come back uh, from injuries in the team of the week this week. He's he's done really well. Like he shored up like the back three with the absence of of, of Luke when Luke is out. Um, I think last year, any time that you saw Luke born out of the team, you would be a bit worried. But now it's. I'm not saying it's not a worrying thing, but we have the cover there to where we're not as vulnerable, I suppose. Yeah, you're you're exactly like me. Whenever I say that about like having the likes of Griff and Paddy Barrett and all that, it, it leaves you with the option where it's not a travesty when Luke doesn't play. And I always correct myself and say, not that it's not a massive, massive blow not having Luke, but we don't look as vulnerable. 
at the back when Luke doesn't play. We're obviously better when he does play, but it's not a complete disaster when he doesn't play. But I, the thing I loved about Griff's goal, there was a great build up before it that I didn't really, didn't really cop it before. It wasn't until we seen the replay back at half time that I kind of went, "Geez, that was a good goal!" Like pretty much everyone touched the ball on the build up, and yeah, we got a bit lucky with the smelly clearance from the UCD player, but like the finish, and I loved that Griff done that typical surprised centre half look. When it went in, he was like, "Oh, it's just going in," <laughs> and wheeled away. But even the timing of the goal was huge. Like if that, if that gets to half time, you're giving UCD something to cling on to, and you can easily start getting frustrated, and well, you can start doing silly things in the second half. So, no, really happy with it. It's just one of those ones, and it's important to get out with three points. I have to bring up you mentioned there. We were kind of under pressure the last few minutes. UCD causes a few problems. Connor Cairns' save right at the end was just... I mean, that's one of them ones that... Like, the angle I could see, there was a Shells defender in the way. So I didn't even see Connor there. I seen the ball going past the defender, and I was in my head going, oh, I cannot believe we've conceded that one. Just this hand came out of nowhere. And even to get the hand on it and flick it away the way he did, it was an unbelievable save, wasn't it? Uh, it was... Genuinely, like I, I, it was a hand and a heart. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, Jesus Christ, did that just happen? Because you you think, and I think, as you know, Shells fans are are pessimistic at the best of times. So you just think the worst of when that ball goes in. That this is going to end up in the back of the net. We're going to get stung here. But Connor has been absolutely incredible this season. I think when his signing was announced, it's it's no secret that. People kind of looked at it saying, is this the right move? You know, Clarkie was an, an excellent keeper. He's been a stalwart of the league for years. And he was a really important player for us for a few years. So bringing in someone else, especially, you know, connor has been at Galway. Went to Pats, it didn't really work out from there. But he's come in and he's really made that, like, the, the position his own. I think... In preseason as well, you said the player who plays under lights might start, and I think you maybe stung yourself a bit there. But he's he's done really well. He's he's commanded the box. He's faced a lot of shots. He's done like playing out from the back. He's looked comfortable. Genuinely, he's been he's up there with one of the players of the season so far this season, just because he's been so consistent. And I think he's he's won us a lot of points this year. That's up there with one of the all-time terrible, terrible shouts that I've made saying that Scott might have started the season. And that's not a knock on Scott. It's just I, the parting goalkeeper had said that last year, that generally the keeper that plays under lights in pre-season is the one that starts. Uh, he obviously fed me a dummy on that one. Uh, speaking of Scott Vandersloos, he was very, very good and composed on Monday night. Obviously, we bet Wexford in the Leicester Senior Cup quarter-final. We march on to the semis. I was really impressed with Scotty, I have to say. Yeah, I think we, we haven't got to see a lot of him so far. Like we, he played against Bonaghi last year in the Cup. Um, but he looked really, really good. Like He had, again, great command of his area. He had he faced a few shots and he held them well. Like He didn't spill anything. He was very good when, with balls into the box. Grounded the ball at his feet. Very, very happy to play out to... A fairly youthful 
you know, back three. Uh, you had Temple, Brown, and Andy Quinn in there uh, from the start. And he was very, very happy to play. And it was very positive. I think, you know, with Connor playing so well, maybe people wouldn't consider uh, Scott, but he was really, really good against Wexford. And it's really reassuring to see that we have uh, a backup keeper that is that good, that calm and collected, especially when he's not playing week in, week out. So it, it's just a massive positive to take. It is. We'll get more into the Leicester Senior Cup game now shortly. Obviously on um, Saturday, our Women's Premier Division side travelled down to Atlone for what we bigged up basically on the pod last week. That was a big, 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 big game considering the way the results gone for them the week, <coughs> the week before in Wexford. It was one of those where you kind of need to win to just stay right up there. It wouldn't have been a travesty if the girls were beaten, but you really want to try and bounce back with a win. And they did just that. in Not quite last chance saloon stuff, but Christy Gray popped up with, what was it, five minutes to go. Just snuck in at the back post. Great little finish, done really well to keep it on target. And it was a... A tough night on paper going down to that long with the amount of injuries we have. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's the men and women's league, there. it's all so tight. Like, if you look at uh, the women, it, there's six points between the top spot and at Lone in sixth. So it isn't a bad result, especially, as you said, considering the injuries. Like, Pearl was out, so it was a bit of a makeshift centre-back partnership. And I think you can only take a positive out of a 1-0 win and the three points. Yeah, and it's an awkward place to go at Lone at the best of times. So it was, it was a huge, huge result. And as you say, it leaves the girls three points off top spot, which is obviously female. So huge, just so, so important. And it's great resilience. That's probably the the best word to describe, I would say. Without your captain, the the stalwart in that team, to go down there, get your win. And it was late in the game as well, so they stayed alive. Brilliant, great results. And obviously the girls are at home on Saturday, the normal two o'clock kick off their home to DLR Waves. So it's another tough game. DLR have lost back to back games, so the girls will probably be looking at it on paper and say it's a good opportunity to maybe get a run going. Because we're away to Sligo down the week after, so that's followed by a massive game against Pima. So an important win. Um no one won't be getting too excited. It'll just be a case of draw a line under that one and move on. But a very, very important result nonetheless. And that brought us into Monday, obviously. You've mentioned how good Scott looked in goal. I thought he was very, very assured. Like usually, sometimes with some keepers like that, when they come in, they kind of try too hard. And they're trying to pick out mad passes or trying little fakes in their own box just to kind of get the manager's eye on him but he was just calm composed the other all everybody played quite well I thought there was nobody that really struggled I thought Lewis Temple was really really good because when I seen the teams line out Luke Brown was to the left of that back three obviously Andy Quinn was to the right of it and then you had Lewis in the middle but I just thought he looked really composed he was vocal you could hear him pulling players around to get in and help him out and Won his headers, won his tackles. He was excellent. What other, what other good performers, in your opinion, from Monday? I think 
especially like you look at Monday, we have four academy graduates in from the start. More came off the bench. Uh, Gavin Hodgins obviously came back. That was good to see. Uh, Mark Coyle as well, back for 45 minutes and obviously available for selection. So that's another big positive. I think we've missed him a lot. But in terms of the youth, I think Bemi Arubi, he was, he caused so many problems. He just, he kept at them. The same with Robinson. I think the two of them were really, really good from the start. Uh, goals are well taken under difficult conditions. And that's definitely being generous. I think everyone's seen the, the picture of the, the corner flag um, where Shane took that corner and he's basically playing water polo at that stage. But I think the, the academy prospects look really, really strong. As you mentioned, the, the back three look great. Luke Brown, I thought, did particularly well, especially when you consider the injuries he's had. The manager said in, in his post-match that he's coming back off the back of two crucial injuries. So, you know, that's that's no easy feat. So he's acquitted himself really well. And it's just really good to see, I suppose, all the youths coming up. But the manager again mentioned in his post-match that youth is the key and that's, that's what they want to build on and it was really good to see the lads go out and put in that kind of performance judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, you mentioned there as well, Mark Coyle. Getting 45 minutes in his legs, that could prove really, really important going forward. It was one of those ones, though, where every time he kind of lunged to make a tackle or he took off in a sprint I was going oh please no don't let him go but he got through it he seemed quite happy after the game as well so that's really really important stuff Bemi again as you say what I loved so much about him was he done everything really simple wasn't trying to launch any rockets wasn't reinventing the wheel he was just getting it in dropping it off getting himself in the box he's able to run in behind he can come and play short I thought he was a really really good option Kyle as well was as usual. He's aggressive, He's a bit of a wind-up merchant, which I enjoy. But overall, like it was nice to get away. It's nice to be in a semi-final. It's not the most prestigious uh, competition there is, but with no league cup, it basically becomes the second, the second cup competition. So nice semi-final. Um, we've no date on that one yet. So as soon as we do, we'll get it out there on the socials. But do you know? thing that impressed me Monday was they had a strong enough team out like they had Conor Levingston albeit he came off they had Danny Furlong playing as well like good players and certainly none of the young lads struggled they also brought on a lot of half time or just after half time you had one of the maddest haircuts I've ever seen that mullet yeah I didn't that know how to take the mullet I have to say yeah I think that's something you'll, you'll find a lot in uh, Wexford but I don't think he'd He'd fit in much in Dublin with it, but yeah, I think if you look at their squad, they had a very like they weren't going out to roll over. the 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 game was there to be won for both sides. It wasn't a question of we'll come in and walk it because I think we're always going to rotate, especially with big game against Sligo coming up. 
we're always going to give people coming back from injury uh, minutes. You know, Shane Farrell obviously got minutes as well. He was really, he looked really, really good in that match. He was involved in both the goals, and that was obviously a big positive. But I, I don't think that, like as you said, it's not the most glamorous of competitions. But it is great to see giving young lads a chance to come into the first team, get that first team experience. And I think they all acquitted themselves really well. They didn't go out, as you said, and try and re- reinvent the wheel. Bemi looked really good. You know, he was picking up those spaces in between the centre halves. He was trying to run in behind. And he, he really made a nuisance of himself. But it's it's good to see that we have the options there and we do have that bit of depth, especially with the youth coming through. And all that done on a horrific night for football. Horrific. It was just these weird patches of water. The famous Talca Hill and that little dip over in the corner at the riverside. Thankfully, I know the the women's Premier Division team are there on Saturday, so thankfully we're not at home on Friday night, so it gives the pitch an extra day's rest just for, for that women's Premier Division game because they want to get the ball down and play. And I'd probably worry a bit for areas of that pitch on Saturday, especially if there's any more rain between now and then. But yeah, Alessia Senior Cup semi-final to look forward to. And this Saturday, we travel to the showgrounds. It's I'm not going to be overly dramatic. It's not a season definer or anything like that, but I definitely feel it's one of those games that you'll probably learn where you are after Saturday night's game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, look, it, as you said, it's not going to define the season, but it's one of those where we can look at and say, we can compete with these teams week in, week out. You look at the last time we played Sligo in Tolka a few weeks ago, uh, very close game. I think it's fair to say we were lucky enough to come away with the win. But I think we played really well in that match. In the second half, we're very much a second half team. So I'd like to see us go out and really put it to them. I, I think it is an important fixture. And... I think it just lets us kind of assess and lets the players assess where they are and where they're going and what they're doing to get there. Yeah, again, but looking at the result in Talca four weeks ago, we did end up with the, the 2-1 win. Sligo piled on the pressure very, very early on. Um, they missed a sitter in the first few minutes. They were 3, three v one basically, and put it wide. Uh, they also hit the crossbar in that game. Uh, we were a bit lucky and a bit fortunate with the goal that did win us the game. Bit of miscommunication at the back, and... You know, it's managed to go in. I think Shane Farrell did end up claiming that goal. Or he looked like he was claiming it. But I think it, it's a big game. And three points would be absolutely huge uh, for our season. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, it's Dundalk, obviously, fairly sure Dundalk played a night before. They obviously, well, of course they do, because Sligo the only team. 
playing Saturday. So Dundalk are playing Cork the night before, so you would presume Dundalk could get three points there. But if Dundalk drops something and we get a win Saturday, you're back up to fourth. And it just it changes the whole kind of mindset of, well, we're up here now, we're chasing. Whereas if results go against you, like you could drop down to seventh. So it's it's a weird one because like you're coming towards that summer window now as well. Players are gonna start becoming available from England. Like I know likes of Kane Levy, his contract is up in the summer as far as I know, and you've a much better chance of keeping a player like him if you're up there challenging for Europe rather than kind of wallowing in that kind of lower mid table bracket where you're gonna be fine but you're not really gonna do much else after that. So for that type of thing, it's huge. I'd I wouldn't say I'm worried, but Sligo are really good, I think. They're probably the best team I've seen this year by Rovers. I thought Sligo are really good. I watched them, I can't remember the other game early in the season I watched, and they were really good as well. So it's a very, very difficult game, but Sligo are inconsistent. Like they haven't won back to back games yet this season. So like it's one of them, you're hoping to kind of catch them on an off day. But like we're bastards to play against and I think that works that helps us especially going somewhere like that you can very quickly turn that Sligo crowd by just being a bit miserable and just kind of doing nearly like a UCD suck the life out of that crowd early on frustrate them and see how we go but like having Matty up there like Matty Jack Moylan I presume Jad will probably start as well that front three, like, for, and this is probably a bit of a bold one, but for just raw talent and for ability, I'll go full duffer on this one. It's one of the best front trees in the league, just with raw ability. And if those three are all at it and click, Sligo are going to struggle big time. Yeah, I think the front three are definitely a handful when they get going. Like Maddie, when he just when he gets his head down, he starts running at players. He's very, very hard to stop. The managers highlight the importance of Jad in recent weeks and how good he's been because he's just he's so direct. It's like he just loves playing football. He gets the ball at his feet and he's not afraid to take on a player. He's not afraid to go at someone and put it in in the box, put it in the dangerous areas. You look at, you know, Maddie Smith as well with what he's been doing in terms of goal scoring. And I, as you mentioned, Jack, Jack on his day is, is one of the best uh, forwards, I think in the league. And the only reason I'm saying forward is because he will play anywhere. He'll play striker. You know, he's played left wing, right wing. He's played as a 10. Like he, he's done it all. He can do it all. And he's one of those that, if he gets going, he gets a few shots and he, he's kind of feeling good and he's looking good. He's a nightmare to try and stop. And I think if those lads get going, especially early on, it'll be a really, really tough test uh, for Sligo. Do you know what's interesting though with Jack? The last two games, he's been really critical of himself. Like we interviewed him after, was it the court game? In his post-match and he didn't want to do it because he said, oh no, it was bleeding brutal there. But like, from a supporter point of view, you're always just, you know, he just has the ability to pull something out of the hat at any stage. But it's just interesting, like maybe, and Duffer actually, when we interviewed him, Duffer said, I'm sure Jack hates me because I'm always looking for more from him. 
So it's an interesting one where if we think Jack is doing really well, I wonder is there something that him or the manager are seeing that we're maybe not seeing? One probably big question mark from Saturday, because everybody's fit, I'd be surprised if that's not your front three. Jad, Matty Smith and Jack, I'd be surprised. The only thing up there I could see changing maybe is the manager's length on putting an extra body in midfield in games. I know we've done it against... Rovers and it worked really, really well. Can you see that happening? Yeah, I, th- I think, like, if when you look at the Rovers game, we, like, I think Brian McManus, when he came in, looked really, really good in that midfield three to kind of break up the play. And I think when we played Sligo in Talca, there was one instance where they just, the keeper played it, so I don't know if you remember, he played it straight through and got them one-on-one. And it just went, but I went by every single midfielder, and I, I look and I don't know how that's that's managed to happen. Maybe he could look to bring Mark Coyle in to shore it up, and then maybe have Jad drop a little bit deeper, and go with the three in midfield to maybe kill off the game. You know, do as you said, a bit of a UCD where you just suck the life out of the game, and you know our traveling fans are are great. Like when they get going, they get going and they don't stop. I think if we really get behind them and we frustrate Sligo, I think the result is definitely there for us. I, I don't think uh, we should be looking at uh, anything else but the three points. And I don't think the manager or any of the lads will be looking at anything else. Oh, and I would also like to point out, by suck the life out game, I don't mean be negative and be like, let's all drop off. Like the manager said in his interview after the Rovers game away that he's never played with a low block in his life. That's not something he does. So I don't mean kill the game in that way. I mean maybe it is the extra body in midfield to kill any kind of football for them. That's more what I mean is to stop them playing, get at them, don't let them get any kind of rhythm or any kind of continuity into their play. I, yeah, I, I, stop. I, go on, sorry. Sorry, yeah, it's just sorry to cut across you, but it's to stop the kind of intricate passing in midfield, the one twos where they get going and get in behind. I think that's what you mean when you say to, to kill it off, kind of stop them building up. And, you know, on a counter, when you have lads like Jack and Maddie that are lightning quick getting in behind, if you get the ball to them, like, it could be game over. It could easily. The other. Like I, I've, I would say JJ and Evan Caffrey are nailed on to start in the middle. Obviously, if there's an extra body in there, I mean, who does it be? Like I don't know whether I don't know if Brian is fully fit because, like, in the draw of the game, the away game, he obviously played Tyreek in there, kind of as another midfielder. Brian was on the bench. So it was kind of, that made me think, well, maybe we don't actually know the full story. Maybe Brian's carrying a knock or something like that because the manager had spoke the week before that we were riddled with injuries. If he's fit, I'd definitely have Brian in for this game. He's just a bundle of energy. He might only be able to give you 60 minutes, but that he's going to pack more running into that 60 minutes than most people will do in 90. So I'd definitely have Brian in if we go on an extra midfielder. Now, who comes out out of the front three? Probably Jad. But then I'm thinking, like, if Jack has been very critical of his own performances, will Jack drop out? Maybe keep him, try and light a bit of a fire under him. 
I don't know. There is kind of, for all the injuries we have, there is kind of question marks over starting 11. And that's before we've even got to the back three. Because if Luke is fully fit, like I thought Andy Quinn was really, really good against UCD. He was really good on Monday night in really difficult conditions. Would it be harsh on Andy to drop him for Luke? I don't know if I'd say it's harsh. If Luke's fit, Luke has to play. But if I was Andy Quinn, I'd kind of be saying, well, I haven't really done a whole lot to put me out of the team. But as I'm talking here, I'm saying, is the fact that Andy played on Monday maybe a kiss of death for going into Saturday? Yeah, I think you, you just you just don't really know with you know what what selection we have for a team so riddled with injuries. There's every position almost is can be up for grabs at any stage. Andy Quinn looked very very assured on Monday, very strong against UCD. So would it be harsh to drop him? I'd, I'd say you know I'd say it feel a little bit hard done by, but when you look at Luke and the caliber of player Luke is. Could you really feel bad for if if that's the fellow that's taking your spot? I think the leadership he brings on the pitch, and just that sense of calm, especially when they they play out from the back. I think in possession he he makes the side a lot better, and I just I think he's is a great voice to have on the pitch because in those games where maybe they're just not at it and they need that little something extra, he's always kind of there to give them a push. So if he's available, I, I think his leadership could be a, a real a defining factor of how the game goes. Absolutely. Um, big news came out today that Virgin Media Sport have picked up the big club. A game, obviously, against our home game against the Pats on the 19th of May. It's going to be live on Virgin Media Sport. And I always find this funny that for all the games they could pick, I include RTE in this, that the cameras are taking up the Shells game again. Like, that weekend, on paper, it's probably a week enough weekend in terms of there's no real Dublin derbies or anything like that other than us so maybe we were the obvious choice there but it's probably encouraging for where we stand at the moment that the TV cameras want to come to talk it. Yeah I just I think look, the, the manager is, is as much as maybe you wouldn't like it he is box office you know you look at quotes managers can go out and criticise referees all they want but when our manager does it, he seems to be picked up quite a lot. Like, people want to hear what he's saying. People want to see what he's saying. And I just think it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, it is it is great to see, you know, more coverage of of the league and a bit of a a change of, of scenery, I suppose, of Virgin Media doing it. But I think the league is growing and it's, it's going to keep growing. So... Hopefully everything else can grow within that. I'd love them to get uh, Trevor Welch on commentary just for all time's sake. Trevor Welch just reminds me of Aircom League Weekly on a Friday back in the day. But as you say, it's it's great to see. It's probably a mark of how far we've come. That We just seem to be on the telly all the time. So we'll take it while it's going. We have a tough run of fixtures after Saturday though. 
like we pats at home, then it's, I think, isn't it? Because I miss these games because I'm gone off my holidays and I took a chance. I had this booked before the fixtures came out. I took a chance. I was like, yeah, May, not the worst time. Because even if there's big games, like there's not everything riding on them. Didn't want to go too early in the season. Didn't want to go too late. Pick this time and I'll miss balls away and Derry away. So. <laughs> yeah, they're not the, the best fixtures to miss, I think. We've we've balls on the twenty sixth and I think Derry's then the second of June. Two big, big away games. I think any time we play balls is is always gonna be a big game. I know there's that whole thing where depending on the age as a Shells fan, balls are either our biggest rivals in your opinion or, or Pats are. But I just think for me, especially when it's balls, it is great to to get something off them and the atmosphere, whether we're in Tolka, or we, we go to Daily Mount, is always incredible. Yeah, I'm going to miss the raw hatred that seems to be there during that fixture. It won't be the same sitting in some really goofy Irish bar over in Orlando trying to watch, but nevertheless, myself and my dad, I'm sure, will find somewhere to watch. Ben, you'll have to do do without me for a couple of weeks. I, I don't know how I'll, I'll manage... Uh... You know, dream team in, in, in terms of doing the post-match interviews, I always, I'm always, always there to give you a countdown. Yes, yes, you are. And uh, I don't know whether your brother knows this. He's going to know now. Uh, Dazzy, you have three weeks to fill with pods because I um, have a family thing on next week. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Enjoy filling three <laughs> weeks of pods. If he doesn't know, he's going to find out. Yes, he's going to know now. And to test whether he listens to the pod or not, I'm not going to tell him. And neither are you, Ben. And we're just going to wait and see if he collars me on it. Before we go, I will give you a couple of Academy results. There was actually a lot of really interesting Academy talk on LOI Central on that podcast. I listened to it today. Some interesting opinions on Academies and League of Ireland underage. But our 19s over the weekend... A hard-earned draw away to Kerry. That is a long, 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 long trip to make on a Sunday. So, probably happy to just come away with the point. Don't come back empty-handed. Uh, women's on the 19 side. They succumbed to Dundalk. That was 4-1. We had uh, men's under 17s. Got a really, really good win away to Wexford. A hard-fought win. And our uh, women's under 17 side had a comfortable 4-0 win at home to draw so solid results over the weekend for our academy as always we're doing brilliant stuff in that academy at the moment it's like night and day from where it's been I've seen our under 16 DDSL side are in an All-Ireland final it's the first time ever that a Shelburne team is in an All-Ireland final at under 16 now that when you consider how big the club is, how successful we've been in the past. That's pretty incredible, really, isn't it? Uh, it is brilliant to see. And like the manager highlighted the importance of youth and it's it's there for, you know, we saw Academy graduates on Monday then with the on the women's side of things, you had Hannah Healy coming on as the youngest player. And then at the start of this year, was it Rebecca Devereux who scored yes. the youngest goal score against Cork in the six nil? And uh, so, look, it's it's brilliant to see in the academy, and yeah, hats off to everyone there. They're obviously doing an incredible job, and 
Uh, it's great to see that the future is looking bright for the Reds. Check FAI Connect for any Academy fixtures for the upcoming week. I'll say it every week. The FAI Connect app is the best thing that's come out of the FAI in a long, long, long time. So you'll get all the fixtures there. <coughs> Excuse me. That's that. Uh, bleh. I'm stumbling here, Ben. I just got a warning to say we only have five minutes left and I've panicked. <laughs> that game on Saturday, the under-16s SFAI Cup final. First time a Shells team have ever been in a, an All-Ireland final at that age. That's a four o'clock kickoff. It's out in Wayside Celtics ground. Uh, I know it's golden ball. Not everyone does. But that's the venue. That's the time. If you can get out and lend your support, do. If you can get to any academy fixture over the weekend, get out. Give people a bit of support. It goes an awful long way. I can tell you that from experience. Ben, score prediction for the Women's Premier Division game on Saturday, please. Ooh, I'm going to go 3-0 to the Reds. Solid. I'm going to go for 2-0. And the men's fixture on Saturday? I think it'll be tight, but I'm going to give it to Shell. I think it's a 2-1 win for us. Brave man, I'm going nil all because I'm not there, so I don't want anyone to have any fun. But I do, oh, but I do want us to get something out of the game, so a nil all would satisfy me. Um, the usual stuff, um, tickets, shabbernfc.ie slash tickets. The shop is always open 24 7, 365. It's open online. It's shabbernfc.ie slash shop. And Ben, I think that's it. Thank you for giving up your Wednesday evening. My pleasure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm hoping it's not my last time, but it was a great run out if it is. Would you come back, Ben? I I think I, I, I might come back. I've I really enjoyed uh, our chat. Good. I'll take that as a compliment. Ben, thanks a million. I'll see you later. Up the Reds. Up the Reds. This podcast was brought to you by Off the Ball, official media partner of Shelburne FC. For all the latest sports news, visit otbsports.com.